Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you not live whatsoever um, from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Lizzie. Brian is somewhere probably editing the video of this podcast yet again, as it's a little bit later at night, but it just be that way sometimes, huh? So this is where our Emo's React continuation series, where every other week outside of interviews, we're going to be bringing you some React content that you might have missed on some of our live streams. And for this one, we're going to be looking at something that originally was thought of maybe as a creepypasta, but not like super creepy. It's just kind of like weird and ominous, but there's actually some facts to back up that it was something that actually did happen. It's not a part of anyone's figment of imagination or anything like that, but it's a deep dive in my new uh, journalistic hyperfixation to find out the real answer. But before we get into that... Just a quick reminder, we are giving away a pair of single-day passes to Riot Fest. That's going to close on June 29th, and that's over on our Instagram that you can go enter on. But make sure you stay tuned, too, uh, and keep it locked in to our Instagram, at Emo Social Club, and our other social sites on TikTok and Twitter, at X, Emo Social Club X, because we're going to have some info as well about giving away the pair of three-day passes to Riot Fest. Besides that, we don't have too much going on, but if you are in the Chicagoland area for July 7th at Sub-T, we are back there doing Emo Night LA. So always come and buy and say, hey, what's up? How are you? Um, because we like to have a good time and see all your bestie faces. Our homies Action Adventure actually dropped by last night. So uh, Our homies in Action Adventure actually like dropped by last month. And so, you know, you never know who's going to show up. It was very last minute, and, it, and we all sang uh, pens and needles together by Hawthorne Heights, just as society would want us to. I'm going to stop rambling here, and we're going to get into uh, this really interesting case that I found out about during this entirety of this recording, and is now uh, my new obsession. We're getting into some different territory. This is not music-related just right this second, but it's going to get into some stuff that I'm very curious about and I know very little about. Uh, this also is something that I just learned about the other day, uh, and this is for all my gamers out there. Where my gamers at? Let's fucking go, gamers. LFG. <gasps> GG's. Whatever. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, someone go be friends with Brian. <laughs> no, I play one-player play game, one games. I'm first player at all times. So, um, okay. This I found very interesting. And I think Lizzie might also find this interesting as a fan of horror and general uh, cool things on the internet. So, uh, you know the video game Doom, Lizzie? No. Okay, there's a video game called Doom. <laughs> wow, crazy. What's You've it You've never about? heard of the video game Doom? I'm surprised. It's, no. It's, it's kind of an old game. It's had a lot of uh, iterations throughout the years. Um, it was like an original, uh, uh, I don't know like how old Doom actually is, but it's like an old enough game where it can run on a lot of different systems now, like at a time when you needed like a good computer to play it. Now it can play on like the easiest smartphone. It can play on like, like oh, wow. most anything. So it's like a pretty, pretty old game, but 
Uh, one interesting thing about Doom 2 is that there is a modding community out there who is constantly like putting new things into the engine that is created for uh, Doom. And they are they're, they're just like making mods since its inception. So like probably 20 years. I, I'm, I'm not really aware of the timeline here because this is very new to me. And I was learning a lot about this because of this thing that came out. So within the modding community, somebody posted uh, a, a, a mod called myhouse.wad or dot wad. And uh, apparently this is a thing that they do within this modding community where people will literally just build their own house in the mod. So you're a player of the Sims. So imagine that you're building your own house in the Sims and you're putting all the people you know in it. So that was something that's like kind of done in these in these modding communities. And you put monsters in there and you're shooting them. You're, you're going in, you're like, you know, doom shooting, gunning down demons and monsters in the doom world. But now you're in your house, right? So this guy releases this thing, it says basically nothing about it, just says it's this whole thing. And then it just gets discovered and it takes off because he writes this whole journal about the creation of this game. Uh, and I, oh. I, hold on, I should see if the journal is on here. Maybe not. Journal. This is a lot of lore here. For There's this. okay. Here's the thing. It's so simple. You can beat it within 30 minutes, but if you spend more time with it, you find out that this is like one of the largest doom mods ever made. <laughs> And it is insane. It does things that the game is not supposed to be able to do in engine. Like this guy figured out how to do shit that you can't normally do. And he did this whole background to it. Uh, oh my God. So I want to find. Sorry, I'm going to look up the. Uh, I thought this would have the journal in it. My house dot wad. Journal searching. I know if that's actually the house of like the the modder. Um, I think it is. Oh. Like, but I, I it's August fourth. Oh, okay, two thousand twenty-two. Today I woke up to the news that an old childhood friend of mine had suddenly passed away. I can't believe it. We were so close when we were younger, and I feel like a part of my life is now missing feels so helpless, like I can't do anything to bring him back. I feel so sad, and it feels like my heart's heavy. I can't help but think about all the fun okay, times. Somebody did a video of this instead, and we don't have to watch the... Oh, okay. <laughs> August 4th. Life's not missing. I feel so helpless, like I can't do anything to bring him back. Creepy pasta story. I feel so sad, and it feels like my heart's heavy. Can't help but think about all the fun times we had together growing up. All of our adventures, our secrets, even our arguments. I miss him so much and I, I can't believe he's gone. I'm struggling to cope with the news and it's hard to stay focused on anything else. I hope that writing in this journal will help me process my emotions and come to terms with what's happened. I know that my friend would want me to remember the good times. Continue to live life to the fullest. Okay, so the, the 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 story is basically that his friend died. He was very like torn up about this, 
August okay. 16th, 2022, I attended the funeral of my childhood friend and was overwhelmed with grief. As I looked around at everyone else in the room, I could feel the sadness in the air. The service was beautiful, and the pastor said some kind words about my friend that made me feel better. After the service, I went back to my friend's parents' house and spent some time with them. You'll notice the house is highlighted in blue. We'll come back to that. I was reminded of all the fun times we had together growing up. I never imagined that I would be saying goodbye to my friends so soon. As I sat with my friend's parents, we reminisced about all the memories we shared. At the end of the visit, his parents gave me some old personal items that belonged to my friend. I was surprised to find a stack of old discs containing some Doom file backups. It was an emotional moment, but I am grateful to have these items to remember my friend by. When I get home, I'll go through some of his old artwork and see what I can recover from the discs. So essentially, he gets his old friend's uh, uh, Doom mod discs and says, I am going to uh, finish this and make this. And like he had made his house in it, so there's a whole thing with it. And then you find out that it's just this horror game that just goes through it. Now, okay. very likely here, the story is not true because there's some stuff you find but out Brian, in the game. how do you know? How do you know? I'll just say we don't. But basically, yeah. In, 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 the, in the lore of this game, I'm, I'm choosing to believe that it's just the lore of the game and not real because of how this has taken off. Like, big on YouTube right now. It's, it's a whole... Uh, thing to play through it people are like it's like not really it's not very easy to figure out what you're supposed to do in order to actually complete it or what anything means and you kind of just like go through all this stuff but it is essentially like a horror game where weird shit happens and you have to find like all this different like stuff in it in order to progress into what is just another weird space that is not the same house but is the same house so it's really cool um it's a really neat thing that i just got into a whole rabbit hole of i suggest uh going to check this out there's no way that i can summarize it uh, in in enough time here to talk about the whole thing but the one thing that came up when i was watching some stuff about it was there is a song that is used in it and apparently there is a song from a music band Oh. Mind you, mind you, a band that does a song and or music. And That's crazy. Uh, no one knows who made this song. And it's something that people have been working on for decades to figure it out who wrote this song. So like when this song came out, like what, when was this song featured in like this game? This this game came out like two months ago. Okay. So, or, or and, uh, middle of March, I think, or something like that. So, you know, whatever. Um, so I have not heard of this, this internet mystery. And I figured we could uh, maybe learn a little bit about this, the secret of the internet here together uh, on the Emo Social Club broadcast. Get ready for spooks, children. Can you believe we're actually, we're going to be unsolved mysteries right now. Unsolved yeah. mysteries of the internet. Uh, so yeah, I, I've not watched these videos because I'm leaving the mystery to come to us today. So wow, let's find out. Somewhere in the deepest depths of the internet is a. Let me fix this on the screen. Y'all can't see everything. Typewriters, though, guys. Y'all can't see it all. There we go. Okay, let's try that again. Somewhere in the deepest depths of the internet is a song. Oh, 
The most mysterious song on the internet. It's a song that on first listen sounds like an 80s hit you're sure you've heard before. It lives on YouTube under the titles The Most Mysterious Song on the Internet or Like Ooh. the Wind, but it appears on no streaming service. As you listen to this song, a few unsettling elements begin to jump out. You notice its poppy new wave sound is dimmed by a haunting tape hiss, indicating it was most likely ripped from the radio sometime in the mid-80s. You notice the lead singer sounds like he's singing in English, but on closer examination, the words seem to be in some amorphous language that sounds like a mix of English, German, and Russian. Weird. You think. You go to Google Weird. to find the author of the song. Surely the YouTube titles must be an exaggeration. But as you press enter on Google, you find yourself directed back to the same YouTube video you just came from. This. I'm wondering if we should listen to it just to. Yeah, to I feel like they're playing the in the background because I'm like, oh, it's like, it's a beautiful life. Ah, ah, ah. Like, yeah. if that's what it is, then I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so. I mean, I think that like how we would feel about this in 2023 uh, is maybe a little different than like, it's interesting to me, right? Because like now you could say, okay, well, we, no one knows who did this and it could be AI, right? right. Like that is, that is a possibility that could be uh, uh, the reason why we don't know who it is. So that what really interested me was the fact that it's been being talked about for decades, right? Right. Uh, so like how, how does one, uh, all right, let me pull up the actual song here. kind of dig it <laughs> i do dig it I, I like it it's like that one song i don't know who sings that other song that sounds like like, like it but um it's like you have that but then you have like that gothy vibe to yeah. it because it came out like the 80s my my one thought would be is that like maybe it was released as like a demo somewhere but then they just never picked up whatever that artist was or like they decided to go with whoever originally recorded with that beat yeah which is like like, I think it, it, my music industry brain is working about, like, how does one create a song that then doesn't, like, no one in the U.S. listens to a song that's released by a band in Germany or Russia, like, that would sound like this. Like, we wouldn't have this, especially if it's not in English, we'd be like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Not a song I'm listening to because I don't speak Russian German or German Russian, either one. Come on, Brian. You got to expand your mind. Your All right, Lizzie. What languages do you speak? <laughs> Glass houses, Lizzie. I've heard you pronounce tortilla. I've heard you pronounce Latina. I've heard you pronounce these words. Damn, at least I can flip a tortilla on the stove without burning myself, Brian. Yeah, I can too. No. Glass houses, Lizzie, over here is what we call you. Lizzie Glass houses is what we call you. Um... So, like, the idea that a, a band would release a song that we didn't know, fine. But I guess it's, like, before a certain period in time where you would, like, keep all the records of it, is what I would guess. So, like, if this song is actually 80s, 
of the 80s, from the 80s. And this is a remastered version, which is probably why it sounds kind of nicer and not like a rough cut from the radio or whatever it is. Like there would at least be somebody you could reach out to and say, hey, um, there's this song. Uh, where would this have been recorded? Where would this have been played? Where is it from? All that. So, I mean, that, that to me in like music industry is like you would have a record. Like I've had bands that have gone to the studio that no one has listened to. And if I never did anything else, you know, like who would care, right? But it's like somewhere out there, if somebody heard it, they would be like, oh, I kind of know who to talk to about this. If it's at a big enough level of, of notoriety like this, you know? Right. Like, I feel like somebody would have stepped out unless there was like some type of like NDA or like dispute that came from it. But even so, if it was all the way back, like say, like we're saying, like in the 80s, that NDA would most likely be up unless it has something more behind it. Yeah. But also, I mean, at that time, too, it could have been like somebody originally because, you know, goth like goth the new wave wasn't really necessarily signed too often to like larger labels like it kind of was, but also wasn't. And there were enough small labels like there's somebody it's not like there's somebody who could have it. But I think like maybe like a smaller artist who's either maybe unsigned or at like a smaller label made this beat, recorded it. I will also because it was a little bit different. And then maybe it got taken from one person to another to a larger label to use this. I will also jump in here and say recording a song at the time is nowhere near as cheap as it is today. So no, yeah. it's not like they could just walk down the street and record a song at a studio and put it all on tape and and have it available for consumption without a, some amount of investment. So Maybe it wasn't like a major label, but there was certainly somebody putting up money to get the song into a recording studio, have somebody running the system, putting it down. Even if it was one guy and it was the guy who owned the place, there's like somebody who's keeping track of this shit that would be able to speak to where it's from. Uh so I think that's that's our our music industry brains in 2023 coming together. Um, to quickly solve a mystery that we've known about for 35 seconds. So uh, let's get Brian saying we actually need to investigate the entire thing and find out what it is. I'm letting Lizzie become the true crime mommy that she's always wanted to be. And she's going to solve real life murders here on stream. (laughs) Oh no. I mean, look, man, there's people who love doing that shit and like. Trying yeah, to but it's not the, ethical either. It's super unethical. This is way it's more ethical. It's so unethical. It's way this more ethical. This is ethical because it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't involve the murder or anything, but it's just like, oh, what's the song? Let Everyone who wrote the song got killed, Lizzie. Now what? Why? You, you, it's unethical to ask. No, what is this? That's a part of reporting. No, no, you're not a reporter. You are just a, a hobbyist sitting at home. Looking at a picture of a, of a cassette. Of a cassette. Asking questions, asking unethical questions. That's all that's happening. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get back to the original video about why this is uh, an unknown song. This must be a mistake. Maybe somehow Google indexed the main artist for this song on the second or third page. And also, I realized I don't have captions on, and I feel like I should have captions on. So I'm sorry that I'm putting on captions in the middle of the I video. I can't like believe this. you're being like this. I know. Uh, it's Pride Month, and I think that anybody who can't hear 
doesn't has to wait until another month. We can only do one month at a time. I'm sorry, just the rules. Unlikely scenario, but a possible one. You search again, nothing. Only a link that leads you back to the original video that started all of this. You sit back. What the hell is going on here? Is this a standalone complex? Is there no point of origin for this song? Is this song even called Like the Wind? Is this guy even singing the words Like the Wind? Nothing appears out of nowhere and this song came from somewhere. So you get to work finding the origin of Like the Wind. But as you discover, the mystery goes far deeper than you could have imagined. The mystery of Like the Wind. Okay, so at what point would you give up? <laughs> I feel like I would give up if it was like, hey, you need to travel to this place and meet with like this really shady person. I'm like, mm, I know what happens in these scenarios. Murder. Oh, and, and the problem is your, your murder would never be solved because of the lack of ethics around uh, independent true crime investigation. No, I, I think I think the gamers would um <laughs> gamers. Would come out and be like, wow, she was investigating that. We should probably investigate gamers. who killed her. But then it would never be solved because that person actually held the key to what it is. I like the idea of calling uh, <laughs> detectives who investigate murders uh, gamers. <laughs> But you'd say like gamers. Uh, let's go gamers. <laughs> so I okay. Now I'm thinking like a music fan, right? So yeah. you know how like people are like, oh, I don't like the band's new stuff, so I'm not gonna go see them live. <laughs> like this band is, uh, you know, oh, bring me the horizon. Like they don't do a lot of their old like deathcore stuff. So like, I'm not really into the new stuff. I'm not going to go see them live. Like they've changed whatever, you know, like there's like that vibe of like the music is different now. So I'm not going to the concert. Hey there, do you want to go to Riot Fest for one day? Just go over to our Instagram at Emo Social Club and check out our pinned post on our page. You'll uh, be all right. I'm going to try that one more time. Let's try this again. We're giving away a pair of single day passes to Riot Fest and go over to our Instagram at Emo Social Club and our pinned post. Just comment there which day you're most excited for and the artist you want to see on that day. And you'll be entered into a, a little raffle there to win a pair of one day passes. Also on June 29th, the same day that this contest ends, we're going to also be giving away a pair of three day passes over on our Twitch channel, EmoSocialClub.tv. So make sure that you don't miss out on that. Can't wait. Hopefully we see you there. And maybe Brian will finally have his shit together. Are you like, I really like this song and I don't know who does it. So if they're like coming back for their nostalgia tour, if they're on When We Were Young 2023, I want to know oh and I want to get the rest of their discography and I want to learn the words because I am hella into this. Like, how far are you going, you know? Like, I feel like I would want to know. I just want to know more. Yeah. I would go until I got to the end of it. I mean, there was actually a, um, I saw this uh, documentary called, um, I don't think it was, I think it was called Sanchez or something like that. And it was um, of this, like, one song that somebody found on, like, um, a vinyl, in, like, a thrift store. And they're like, holy shit, like, this is great. This is awesome. I have no idea who this person is, though, and there wasn't much information about him. And this person just went on a whole it was like a, it's a whole documentary, went on this whole ass like journey trip to track down this man, track down his family, find out who the fuck he was, what happened with his record deal, 
what went down and then like it premiered i think at like sundance and now this dude was like playing a bunch of like shows during that time to like help promote the movie and like was actually like getting paid royalties and all this stuff so i will go to those levels all right lizzie is doing journalism and brian's coming with and brian is coming with i'll be at the show guys when we were young 2023 starring yeah whoever crazy how brian's the videographer in all of this yeah i'm doing filming the documentary look at him yeah he's yeah we're actually um a documentary team now everyone is that crazy emo social docs uh if this ever gets solved everyone can be like yeah i was into this before anyone knew who they were a hundred percent oh yeah the the best part of this being like a song that nobody knows who it is is like we can make all of like the same music jokes about it it's like yeah oh i knew that band before anybody knew that band it's like bitch no one knows who the band is. it's like be quiet you're wrong like how hipster you could actually be like that hipster where if you figured it out you could be like yeah i knew this band before anybody knew this band <laughs> it's like oh really pray tell what else did they play how'd you find it out because the internet couldn't find Who it knows? out yeah but you're like dude i got the most hipster cred on this song. <laughs> how infuriating of a person would you have uh, to be oh, trust me i know i i've known hipsters i've known indie kids dude this is like creating an environment for the most un <laughs> uninhibited I, people. I want to say there was another un like very like indie person where um there was um Cafe Tacuba. It's like a primarily Mexican band that they came out with an album a few years ago and they were playing a couple bigger fests outside of um like the Mexican festivals that were playing. And he came up to me and I I've like known about them for a while and he was just like have you heard of this like a new like a mexican indie band that's like so cool and i was like oh what is it and he told me who they were i'm like oh yeah i've known about them for a while they've been around for like i think 10 or 15 years that's so mad that's so mad brian did oh my god did you say of course i knew who they are i am latin <laughs> did, you, did you just do like fucking <laughs> believe that it became pride gonna... month and i'm like i can make fun of mexicans now <laughs> no but only me <laughs> only you only you i i yeah i uh fuck, i was gonna say something about this song i just i i don't know i find it uh i find it possible that there will be the motherfucker who's like i am going to find this out so that i can be an insufferable bastard about it oh most likely <laughs> All They'd right. be like the first person like cued in or lined up to the, our documentary and be like, God, I knew. I knew it. And it's like, but why didn't you do any of this? Somebody you in the comments it. of it will be like, yeah, I didn't go see this because I already knew. That's going to be like, oh, really? Tell me what were your um, <laughs> your your ways of investigation and your ethics and involving it. And why did you just fucking it, tell anyone? How do you pronounce tortilla? Stop. Begins it looks like West a flip Germany it with my hands. In 1984, an avid radio taper known only as, quote, Darius S., is up on a nondescript evening recording to cassette a broadcast from West German public radio station Norddeutsche Rundfunk, or Northern German Radio. As Darius S. finishes up for the night, he pulls out a cassette labeling card and begins to write down the bands featured on that night's broadcast. Among those included were Depeche Mode, Simple Minds, Corey Hart, 
Hart, Ray Parker Jr., and Golden Earring, among a few other classic 80s bands. But when it Fire. came time to label track 8, Darius S. was perplexed. He realized after listening back a few times, he had never heard this song before and was clueless as to who had recorded it. He often omitted recording the DJ's announcements between songs so as not to break the flow of his mixtapes. This left him devoid of any identifying information to help him on his quest to I just want to make sure that children in the chat, children out there, understand that, like, yes, this is how you got to make your own playlists and listen to music for yourself. This is how you had to do it. And this yes, why radio is important. OK, settle down. This was <laughs> this was why radio was important. Like, for reference, I did this when I was a kid. Like we would what? I would literally like be in the car uh able to like record if, if a song came on like on the radio and then we do it at home too like this is on how i used to, yes on cassettes this is how i did it as a kid so that i could have songs like my family was fairly uh into music and so like if we were listening to the radio be like oh i really want to hear that song again and we had like yeah record on one play it from the radio so we could like either like record it live in the car or we record it on that uh boom box at home so for the children in the chat, I am old enough that I have done exactly what they are describing here. Oh, my God. Lizzie uh, is saying the radio is necessary because of something I did 30 years ago. <laughs> I just didn't think you were in that time frame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, let's say 30 years ago. It's, uh, like, like, if I was, like, four or five, that would have been 90, 91. So, yeah. It's definitely something that happened during my childhood. Your time. Yeah. To figure out who recorded, quote, track eight, but there was no fixing it, he thought. And so the anonymous Darius S. filed this mixtape away with countless others he had made on cold, dark nights in West Germany and went on with his life. 20 years pass. In 2000. You're not a Marvel movie, sorry. <laughs> I was about to say, like, these illustrations are, like, really dramatic. I like this video. Like, they're nice, yeah. but they're, like, not what I was expecting. No, I mean, look. I think that the idea that you don't know where a song is from is not necessarily a creepypasta, but I like the mystery to it. And I like, I like that a there could be it. like, you don't know where it's from, but it could have something like devious behind it, but you don't know unless you go investigate. But then I feel like that makes people nervous. I think that's like the air of it. I think this is on, this is from Reddit. I don't think it makes anybody nervous. <laughs> 2004, an adult Darius S. was going through his old mixtapes, reminiscing about the nights he spent with his tape deck excitedly recording new music off of the NDR it's radio you. station, when suddenly he noticed something, an old tape from 1984 with a list of bands and songs, Depeche Mode, Simple Minds, Golden Earring, and there it was again, that mysterious song that Darius had only labeled, quote, Blind the Wind, with no artist attribution. He sat there, puzzled, but this is 2004, he thought, surely a quick Google search will yield the artist behind Blind the Wind. So he fired up a then only six-year-old Google.com and nothing. No song by the name, quote, Blind the Wind was returned from the search results. How odd, he thought. This song sounds like a mainstream hit from 1984. It can't be that hard to find. But alas, like 20 years earlier, Darius S. put it aside in his mind and went back to his life. Three. Sorry, that... That picture right there, no one in Germany has ever been that happy. <laughs> in his mind and went back to his life. Three 
years pass. In 2007, the mysterious song, still titled on the tape liner notes as, quote, Blind the Wind, caught Darius S. attention yet again. This time, he went to his more tech-savvy sister, who shall be known as Lydia H., and asked her if she could use the internet to find out who was behind Blind the Wind. Lydia. You're tech savvy in 2007. <sighs> this is boomer what shit. What do you know? This is boomer shit. What do you know? Uh, I've got a, can you help me, can you help me find something on the internet? <laughs> I need a little bit of help searching the, uh, that, that their internet. You're, you're a little more tech savvy. You mind, uh, Googling this for me? And she's like, this, she's got that look of just like, fine. Come on. Sure, Darius. Fine. Sure, bro. I fucking. <sighs> what are you, dad? assuming this would not be that big of a deal, decided to post the song to a series of Usenet sites in 2007. I will get my brother an Sorry, just another quick pause. No one in Germany is this pretty either. Answer in no Whoa! Ryan! person could definitively... Uh, hey Germans. Come... Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Confirm the name or artist related to this song. How, thought Lydia, how could a song played on a national... Yeah, I'm aware your last name is Baumgartner, okay? I get it. It's a goof. Can't believe it's you. not for real. Uh -huh. Rising mean to me on the internet, everyone. I okay, first of all, <laughs> you can't be mad if I'm making fun of you for being Mexican and me and if I'm making fun of <laughs> Ryan. Germans oh, now you're saying pick a struggle. You're picking you're you're picking two different sides of a coin here. You gotta pick one, stick with it. It's pride. It's my whole identity. <laughs> it is both of them, yeah. <laughs> can't believe you radio station in Germany seemed not to exist. Lydia spent a bit more time on some forums for German pop music and 80s bands in general, but yet no one seems to know the answer. 12 years pass. Do you think that she took the entire 12 years to figure it out? Nah. <laughs> I think she's like, oh yeah, you asked me to do that thing. Sorry, I didn't get around there. And he's probably like, ah, it's fine. That's how things go, right? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I forgot about that thing. Oh, don't worry about it. No issue. 12 years, years later. later. <laughs> a young Brazilian man named Gabriel da Silva Vieira lay awake tormented by one thought Fake that had haunted him since 2017. <laughs> what was that mysterious song from that West German radio station? Yes, you see, because of the power of the internet, Lydia's posts on a series of Usenet forums from 2007 had found their way into the hands of one Nicolas Zuniga who worked for the Spanish independent label Dead Wax Records. Nicholas had informed his friend Gabriel of the existence of this song and its unknown origin. However, little did Nicholas know that this would send Gabriel on a years-long quest to track down the author of Darius and Lydia's mystery song, now being called Like the Wind. Finally, in 2019, Gabriel decided to post the full song to YouTube and turn to Reddit for answers. It was Gabriel's post that set off the journey that the collective internet has been on for roughly four years now. Redditors, as they are apt to do, became excited and began to search out the farthest corners of the internet for answers. What is the true name of Like the Wind? Who recorded it? What night was it broadcasted? Does anyone have the tapes of that night? To document all of this, Gabriel created a specific subreddit r slash the mysterious song where an open source musical archaeological dig has been ongoing since 2019 
The most recent update as of 2021 was that Lydia had found an even higher quality version of the song than before and uploaded it to YouTube. Various Redditors have remixed and mastered the song to try and get a cleaner sound. Some users have even suggested Lydia's original version of the song might have accidentally been slowed down due to tape degradation and have re-pitched it back up to its possibly correct key. Okay, the first one sounded more eighties though. It did. There's like it a did. very like that was that was a. This sounds like more like eighty. This sounds like more like eighties pop. Yeah, but like in a spooky way, but not new wave. And if if you're playing it alongside like Depeche Mode, you're going more new wave. You're not going more eighties pop. Yeah, you're not doing this. I mean, like even well, granted, they have sunglasses at night. That's a little bit more poppy. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like fucking girls just want to have fun, you know. Like right. that's more like that that upbeat up to, up uh, uh or pitched up sort of sound. Not the not the sort of droopy gothic shit. <sighs> so droopy. Oh god. And yet, despite all this, and being in the era of Google, Twitter, Reddit, and now ChatGPT, the author and true name of the song Like the Wind has still not surfaced. Now, here is where I would like to add my two cents to this discussion. First, we can clearly discount the theory that has been floated on 4chan and in a few Reddit Not 4chan. posts that this is actually an Ariel Pink-style savant whose home recording from 2007 is being passed off as a forgotten 80s band. Due to Darius and Lydia's hard proof from 1984, this is impossible. But what of those vocals? That, to me, is the most mysterious part of the song. As the music kicks in, you think you're hearing English, but on closer listen, the language appears to be some mission mash of English, German, and Russian, as was stated earlier. Now, this is 1984. Not all, but quite a few West Germans were fluent in English at this point. Did they have accents? Sure. But the voice we are hearing on Like the Wind, if it is attempting to sing in English, most definitely has a thicker and more pronounced accent than your typical West German. Which leads me to believe this band must have come from somewhere behind the Iron Curtain. Remember what era this is. Gorbachev was head of the Soviet Union, Perestroika and Glasnost were in full effect, and for the first time, the Soviet Union was allowing gatherings to take place without censorship. This was the... This is very much entirely my shit, right? <laughs> no, I was about to say, I'm like, this is like, it. yo, dude. Like, I took an entire history class in the like, United States after the 1950s. I'm like, God, this is so good. The era of Kino, Aquarium, DDT, and the Soviet rock and roll renaissance. And yet this song managed to find its way into the hands of NDR, a West German radio station. This leads me to believe the likelihood that this came from deep within Russia is small. Given that, the circumstantial evidence leads me to only one likely answer, East Germany. It is my belief that whoever this band is, it is most likely composed of a mix of ethnic Russians and Germans attempting to sing in English. The rudimentary nature of the style, its similarity and aesthetics to other mainland Russian rock bands at the time seems to point in this direction. And while I can't prove this, I am throwing this out there for the archaeologists <laughs> to run with. The well, I can't prove this. Discover the identity of the band or artist behind I feel like the that's wind. the most like, the realistic. 
phenomenon of the hunt for this music just shows the He's magic got me of the internet and its ability to unearth hidden musical gems. So I guess I'll just take this moment before I end the video to shout out some incredible bands and albums from the Soviet Union that you should definitely check out. No, not during the Ukraine war. Um, so, uh, I'm glad that he brought up the fact that it is very likely not just some artist from like current day trying to pass off like an 80s sound. I was watching a video yesterday that apparently there's like this dude on TikTok who made like another TikTok profile that's like supposed to be like Hollywood paparazzis that like follow him around and it's constantly like him having like run-ins with paparazzi that go like bad. And it's like very clearly he made this profile, but I'm like, God, that's a genius idea to make like, Oh yeah. I'm just like constantly like, you know, paparazzi. So he's following me around and like harassing me and like, it's like taking photos of me all day. It's like, who are you? Why like, are they doing this? Well, you know, also like people call the paparazzi, be like, I'm going to be here. Yeah. Come and get me. Yes. And I'm like, okay. In 2023, maybe this is like a really good way to get your band heard. <laughs> like, ooh, that's not a bad idea at all to promote. Is that what we're supposed to do as podcasters? I think so. I think we're supposed to have the most mysterious podcast on the internet. <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny to me, but it also is like, God, I bet it works. Like, I bet, like, I, I think as far, as far as, like, doing a lot of things, right? Like, just do this. It's funny. Like, who cares? And, like, obviously no one knows who this is. So it doesn't really help, like, a career get taken off. But, you know, if you, like, did something like this and then come out a little bit later and go, yeah, actually, that was, that was me that put all that out there. Like, you, you can, like, join in on the mystery with it and, like, have your own music with it. And then, obviously, it gets, like, caught up in, in the news or whatever. Or radio, perhaps. Perhaps radio talks about it as a radio thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Brian. Remember our relevancy. God, I need my radio effects so I can talk like you do on the radio. Welcome back to the old time radio station. Found a way how to edit that manual edition the other day. Ah, fuck yeah. Add it in. Do it. Hey, fellow emos, it's Pride Month, and as allies, we want to highlight a great org that's working to source free queer literature. The Queer Liberation Library, or QLL, pronounced as Quill, is an upcoming queer digital library by and for the LGBTQ community. With book bans and censorship targeting the queer community nationwide, Quill is fighting back by making these books accessible to anyone, anytime, across the U.S. So how does it work? All you need is Wi-Fi and to sign up for a digital library card on their site, QueerLiberationLibrary.org. To help with collecting titles, running the program, and more, they are fundraising now through July 7th. They plan to go live with the library in October 2023. You can find them on their website, QueerLiberationLibrary.org, or at QueerLibLib on most social media. Quill is a 501c3 nonprofit through NOPI, their fiscal sponsor, so all donations are tax deductible. Uh... We'll watch just a little bit of this other video from Huang, uh, which has a lot more views and from 2019. So the, the, the one we just watched is from three months ago. So that's like the most up to date. This will be a little bit older, but 
I'm not done yet. I'm not done on this. I want to know more about this mystery and Wang might be able to help us out here. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the most mysterious song on the internet. And I normally wouldn't play an entire song for you, you know, because I don't want to get my whole channel shut down with a copyright strike, but I don't think that's much of a risk here because no one knows where this song came from. People have been looking for it for for decades Sorry. and no one I need to see this man in 1080s at 60 frames per second. Come forward with a copyright claim. It would basically solve this whole mystery, but without further <laughs> ado. Okay. Brilliant deduction there. Cuz YouTube's content like moderation shit and like co uh, copyright claims on music is so fucking harsh that if somebody said, "Uh, you can't play that in your video." You'd be like, "Who are you, motherfucker?" answer these it? questions what do you know what do you know <laughs> what if half the battle is actually just getting hold of like youtube copywriters yeah say, like hey dude i'm sorry but like there is a company uh, that's like tagging other videos on youtube and it's like you have all the answers motherfucker what are you hiding that's so brilliant but it won't happen here here is the most mysterious song on the internet All right, so this is the non-remastered version, I'm assuming, too. We'll listen to a little bit of this again. Yeah. This is, like, so heavily my shit, too. <laughs> sense for a unification i thought it said there's no sense for this division so i was assuming it was like about the berlin wall uh. it's a very 80s uh post-punk vibe makes you think of joy division or depeche mode and things mm -hmm. like that but what exactly is it and where did it come from in today's episode of tales from the internet i'm going to go into everything we know about it so far the most mysterious song on the internet. This video is sponsored by Verve. Verve is a streaming service well, with content. The mysterious song was first. Verve is now gone. By the way, Verve is now gone. It does oh, not really? exist anymore. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. how the times have changed. Yep. <laughs> so there's that. March 18th of 2007 to a website called spiritofradio.ca, the fan site of a Canadian radio station. It was first posted by a user hey, named Blue, who said, recorded it 8284 from a German radio station. Looking for a singer since then. At that point, it received very little attention except for a response from one user who said it sounded like a Greek band called Metro Decay, but it definitely wasn't them. It would seem as though the search came to an abrupt, unceremonious end over a decade ago, but a few days before me recording this video, I was contacted by an Instagram user named Bruno Kunda who brought this to my attention. Hey Justin, you probably don't check Instagram DMs on here, but I don't have slash use Twitter and figured you won't respond to a formal email, so I'll stick to this. I know you're too fucking famous to respond to me. It's like, but listen, you gotta hear this thing. And if I may, he was right. 
Recently, I found a Reddit post that caught my attention here. It talks about a song that the OP and his slash her friend found about that nobody knows anything about and doesn't show up in Shazam or anything like that, and nobody really knows who made it or anything about it. I thought it would be perfect for your Tales from the Internet series, similar to Gidus and the Land of Taz story. All the best. Okay, I'm not going there to find out what Gidus and the Land of Taz is now. We don't need to know about that. We don't need to know about that. Serious song on the internet. I've posted about this many times here on Reddit, but I've never received any real information about it, and no one has been able to identify what song is that. It's been 13 years of searching, and so far, no information has been discovered. Do you recommend something for me to do? It would be great if some YouTuber did some video investigating this mystery. After all, wow. can someone make the content? Think of the content. Can someone just <laughs> do it for me? Read the Let me do it for you. Thank you. And if you look at Gab Gaston's post history, you see that he's been searching for this song constantly on Reddit for the past two months. And in an interview with Tone Deaf Magazine, Gab Gaskins, identified as Gabriel Vieira, notes that he's been searching for the song for years. Redditor Gabriel Vieira has been conducting his search for the track for a number of years now, explaining that their search dates back to 2006, when several people descended upon an internet forum to look for help identifying a mysterious song. At that time, it was common for many people to ask in forums about unknown songs, even because it was a time when many still used cassette tapes, especially tapes from decades ago, they explained. Many of these songs were discovered after a while, but only this has never been discovered. Not even an information. Not no one even knows an information. No one knows what Look, he's Brazilian, I'm not going to no make fun of his English. It is, certainly the 80s, and unfortunately the full song has never been released. And in Gabriel's YouTube upload of the song, he shares what little information he's come across in his years of looking into it. A friend of mine, Nico from Dead Wax Records, was looking for this song a while ago, and I became interested too. Unfortunately, I do not have the full song. I do not know the nationality of the band, and I do not know if they are singing in English, although it seems that the song is sung in English. I'm not sure if the band is British, American, Russian, German, French, etc. What makes it difficult to identify this song is that the software and websites that have the function of identifying songs, for example Shazam, does not recognize this song. That is, this means that the band is an independent band that maybe recorded the song on a cassette tape and never released it, or if it was released, it was by an independent label. Yeah, so that's what we talked yeah. about before getting into this, and I'm like, it's... I don't know the music scene in Germany during the 80s as, you know, the Berlin Wall and and all that shit. I don't sure, know. I'm pretty sure if it, it was probably there, but it's much likely like very much underground. So nothing was going to be like, yeah, probably even tracked. So like that realistically, in that case, like, it may not even yeah. be written down anywhere. Yeah. So in that case, what we were saying before about like how there's no like like you would need to be able to pay a certain amount of money or there need to be a label like putting up some some money in order to get the opportunity to even record the song like we can maybe say well if it was from germany during the cold war <laughs> maybe not so uh that might that might open that can of worms there too where it's like yeah it actually could not uh be, be it, it could maybe not be something that a label had access to it could maybe be that uh it was released independently by an independent label or by somebody who just had access to recording equipment 
and done kind of on the on the low because of the the Cold War and living in East like like the other video said East Berlin. Yeah. Basically the Iron Curtain. The Iron Curtain. Listening to the song, we can notice that the band is formed by singer, drummer, guitar player one, guitar player two. Okay, sorry, but n not necessarily. <laughs> I don't think it's that many. The singer is probably a guitar or bass player, most likely. Uh, most or likely keyboardist. could be keyboardist. The drum could be a drum machine. Uh, if, if it's recorded, there could only be one guitar player who's in the band. Bass could also be synth. Yeah, I was there wouldn't say. be this would not be an era where there's backing players, though. So, like, we don't know if it's many people. It could literally be one guy who wrote and recorded everything on the song. Like Depeche Mode is three people, but there's obviously more instruments than just what three people are playing in it. But they were using a lot. Backing tracks were not as major of a thing, though there were backing tracks for a synth band, it's obviously much easier to do than a full band with a lot of different instruments and it all has to be mixed. So uh, it is possible that a lot of this instrumentation was not uh, necessarily meaning that there was another person in the band. Um, the drums, for, to me, 100% are just a drum machine. Like, there's no yeah, live like, need it, for that, real drummer. That's definitely what it sounds like, especially if we're still in this new wave post-punk era. Like, there's no... There's no reason. Yeah. Depeche Mode did not have a drummer. And so let's just say, yeah, they're they're doing Depeche Mode and there's no drummer. Bass player and a keyboard player. Well, that's something that we can't confirm 100%. Probably the title of this song is Like the Wind. But that's another thing we cannot confirm it because the origin of this song is unknown. I do not know where it came from, but for it to be online, surely someone put it on the internet. The most. Okay, he's got me there. It's online, therefore, on. someone put it on the internet. Acceptable hypothesis is that the song was broadcast by some radio station and someone recorded it in the 1980s. Apparently, this song is mono. It means that maybe this song was captured from a radio station or some TV in the 1980s. I discovered that when I removed the central channel of this and the track was completely empty, this happens only with mono recordings. Although we have no concrete proof that this is true, it is most likely. That is I mean, I guess, okay, that's fine. Like Yeah. I don't know. I I'm I'm assuming that a lot of people who were originally getting into this were starting off as more uh fans of music and not audiophiles or maybe musicians, maybe people who just record or have access to recording right. and like know about it so like i get it and like i hear you but it's like also you just would know it's mono like i don't know i mean maybe i mean there's some things that come into it and like it's it helps in like a power deduction too yeah so like that is a way to say like okay what's the origin of it like was it actually recorded off of a you know, a radio station or like from somewhere else. And like, if that's a way to distill it down, it's a way to distill it down rather than saying like, oh, they sh they ripped it from an original cassette, uploaded it, and then cut the tape on air. Yeah. And obviously it helps to, I mean, I don't know when stereo recorders were <laughs> more heavily available for somebody to use in order to record off of, uh, off the radio onto a cassette tape. So I don't know when like Here, here's stereo my thing. came in. Has anybody like found out who that DJ was that night? Asked them. No, because he cut those off too. 
uh, I think he said already, like they're trying to find out like when it was broadcast and who would have been on the radio that night and they can't find it because the guy didn't write that down and he skipped over all the DJ uh, uh, info and all that in the middle there. So no, we could even just Google it. Just look through the eighties and be like, which one of you look through the eighties, look through the, the, the archive of who was on during that time. I mean, yeah, he knows the radio. He knows the radio station. He knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you can. I mean, this is in general radio here in Chicago and the U.S. is very, very small. I would not doubt that it's this. It's this. I would not doubt that it's not the same way over there, uh, especially yeah. back then. But then, if we're saying that recording studio and labels during Iron Curtain, Cold War, uh, Two Berlins, but here's the. The thing is, too, though, like if you are a DJ at a radio station, the one way that you get song submissions is like now we do, too. But it's sometimes it's digital. It still goes physical and digital both ways. Back then, though, it was all physical. So somebody would have had to mail or drop off that original song somehow, some way. Yeah. With some type of information in it to make him want to like stop and listen to it. Because if it's a public radio station, public radio is going to definitely probably get a lot more submissions. I don't know fully what other radio was out there during that time, but public radio was a little bit like more available because it was free out there. So you would need to have basically like a way of sorting it. So something would have to stand out to you before you even listen to it. So whoever those DJs or the PD or the MD who was at the time would have to go through and make a conscious decision to say, put this on air. And they would have to have some type of info for it. I'm with you. My only thought is that if it was different during the Cold War, if if like this stuff just wasn't kept as good of records because of, you know, that bullshit. So... It could be that it's just lost to time because during that, you know, when the Berlin Wall came down and everything was reunited, like they say, ah, fuck it, burn the building. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what there, there know, could be a lot of things was. that could have happened. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that probably could have happened in, in just that it, if the song is about the reunification of Berlin. We're making a lot of assumptions because we know it's the 80s, but it looks as though if it were. Happening in the 80s in Berlin, in Germany, in or in Russia, or Russian uh, and German people that were in a band together, uh, there is a high possibility that it was something that happened during the Cold War, during the Berlin Wall, that would have, uh, yeah, affected that. So I think that's, I, I, I personally am thinking like, well, that's the rub here is like all of that adds like that layer on top of it where all the things we would assume may not be easily assumed now. Cause right. what if I feel like I'm going to go into Twitter and be like, Hey, look, man. Hey, right. I have friends who are like really like history nerds and radio. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I could probably track down somebody. Oh, damn. This guy made Brian, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. I did an update video. We might have to watch after this too. Shit. Is we have two possibilities. Someone recorded this from some radio broadcast, or this song may have been taken from some demo tape recorded by the band, which is perhaps a local band that never got famous 
or never I think I might skip forward a bit just because this guy does seem to be talking about the guy recorded from the radio that we know from the other video. Yeah. I don't know if this is true, is the, the summary there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, these are maybe it, but, like, is it real? I don't know. Many possibilities to be examined, which makes the search much more harder. The description in the video also contains Gabriel's guess as to what the lyrics actually are, as well as a list of bands that have been ruled out. And at first, it seemed like the recent couple months of Gabriel going extra hard trying to find this song were turning up fruitless. But in July, after he made the subreddit, The Mysterious Song, perhaps some of the best leads in all the years spent searching this song have emerged. It was this post by Gabriel that triggered a lot of the new information that emerged. Here, I will be documenting the information obtained about this song. The song was probably uploaded for the first time on March 18th, 2007 in spiritofradio.ca. The user is called Blue, and he says it was recorded from some German radio station between 1982 and 1984. See, the metadata of the archive down. says that the title of the song is Check It In, Check It Out, but how the uploader said it was recorded from a radio station, so it can't be confirmed. The metadata dates the audio in 1984. It's possible that the band is German, but we can't confirm it. The solved case of an unknown song in 2003-2013, the song On the Roof by Johan Lindell, was taken from a German radio station too, and the artist is Swedish, so that's another thing we'll need to consider, but 99% sure the artist is European. Unfortunately, there are no ways to find out the real name of the user Blue, otherwise we could get more information from that person such as the full song and more information about what else was recorded on the tape and also the name of the station from where the song was recorded. If you know how to help us, please comment here or contact Like the little chiptune backing well, you know track here. Yeah, it's from Metal Gear Solid. Or oh. not Metal Gear Solid, it's from Metal, Metal like the original Metal Gear. One. Yeah, that's how I knew it. How Gabriel said that it would be impossible to dig up information about the user Blue? Well, another user called New Accounts proved him wrong. Hey, I tried. Sorry, to it's my new account. Damn. Blue, here's a German forum where he was also searching this song in 2007. He says he most probably recorded from the NDR2 radio station. Seems his name is Anton, and he is probably from Bremen. Here, in some other thread, he says his home radio station is Bremen 4. In another thread, he says that he used to listen to NDR1 slash NDR2 radio station when there was a show, Music for Young People. Music for... Around 13.30. Many new Jungle bands lit. were introduced there. I'm on the website fun, right now. But I guess that wasn't enough for new accounts because shortly after, he returned with more information. This time, he had found the identity of the DJ who hosted Music for Young People. Hmm. Here's some other guy. Paul Baskerville. Starting in 1982, Baskerville got its own weekly slot in the daily program Music for Young People, which ran on NDR1. In this program, he presented current, often completely unknown music from fields of punk, independent, new wave, and related art styles. But Jung Lut! Since he is British, maybe this is why he played a song with English lyrics. 
So at this point, I think it's safe to say that Paul Baskerville is almost definitely the man who played this song on the radio. Almost definitely. And with this knowledge in mind, Gabriel decided to reach out to him. Now that we have discovered the person who posted this song for the first time on the internet, we have been able to track other messages from that user in other forms. His name possibly being Anton, he possibly lives in Germany in Bremen. Anton says he recorded this song from a German radio station called NDR in a program called Music for Young People. Music for Junge Lute. Oh, I believe it. Yay. For this radio and this program, we were able to find out who was responsible for this program. Currently, he is writing a music column for the weekly paper Freitag, and he is broadcast to weekly show Knock Club on NDR Info on Saturday night. Paul Baskerville is married and has a daughter. We must threaten his wife and child to find the person who wrote this song. He lives in Hamburg. He lives in Hamburg. We are coming for you, Baskerville. Now it's starting to become like the great mouse detective. Oh no. <laughs> we are coming for you, Baskerville. Find any other way to contact him but through Facebook. I sent him a message, but I think he will not respond. After all, his profile seems to be abandoned. I must thank very much the Redditor new accounts that helped me a lot with this information. We are almost at the end of the mystery. We just need Paul's answer. So hopefully Paul responds to Gabriel's message, although because the Facebook appears abandoned, it's unlikely that he will. Because it's Facebook. That being said, I think <laughs> yeah. this is the key lead in breaking open this mystery. Okay. He's on um, Discogs. Are you looking at Paul Baskerville right now? You bet I fucking am. Where's your child? We will threaten her for the answers. <laughs> he I've has some, some albums up on here. Damn, this is also three years ago. I don't think there's a newer... The only... Somebody's comment, the only video we want copyright claimed. So yeah, they get it. Wait, there's a new Reddit post from... The 23rd of this year, on May 23rd. Shoot me the link. Right now. Hey, Brian and I gonna crack. We're cracking. We're cracking. Also, Team. the NDR the NDR two now is like NDR two Plaza Festival with Rita Ora, Ellie Golding, and Leah and Klan. So they are now a pop station. That must have flipped at some point. Has anyone tried to contact NDR Blue about Paul Baskerville? Just six days ago, they posted a broadcast recording on their website with Paul as the host. My German, however, is incredibly basic, so I have not yet attempted to contact them. Uh, hello. I am a German. I am a German. Uh, there's, okay, so if you scroll down further, it says there's been a short video broadcast on the topic on yes, NDR, been, statement hold from on. They have the been contacted a lot and prefer people would stop. That's the first thing you see on well, here. Well, just remember what the fucking song was and people will stop. That's the thing. They're all pretty fluent in English, too. Also true. Please yeah. don't hassle Paul. He's been asked a million times already. Uh, is this the video you want me to click on? Look and see what, I, what it says. Fuck! So dramatic. Oh, fuck! Yes. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. 
the origins of this story go back to 1982. In the Hörfunk studio, Ralph Baskerville plays songs for the legendary show Music for Younger Leute. Under them was the song. Y'all can make fun of my accent all you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Oh shit, look at Paul. Dude, damn. Paul's got that, that haircut, you know. That's exactly who I This is exactly what you thought of Paul 80s. Baskerville. I thought he's either like the richest uh, uh, man of the estate. Do you, think, do you think DJs make money? I think in the 80s they did because everybody listened to radio. Got him. Für die legendäre Sendung Musik für junge Leute auf, unter anderem diesen Song. Diesen Song. Ein eingängiger Sound, der ein Hit. A really Sorry, I want to turn the accent. A really catchy could. sound that could be a hit, maybe even from a famous band. Nearly 40 years later, the NDR archive researches after the song for a listener which recorded the show back in the days. Das NDR-Archiv nach dem Titel für einen Zuhörer, der die Sendung damals mitgeschnitten hatte. Dann habe ich mich erstmal selbst äh, auf die God, this is the worst thing for us to do as a, as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's crowdfund hypnotherapy for Paul so you can remember and also forget. <laughs> I have been contacted far too much about this song. I don't care for it. I think it's not as good as Depeche Mode or any of the other songs I played. Why are people so concerned? Why are they calling me? Why do you have my phone number? I have but abandoned my Facebook. It's a dead website. A Zuckerberg cannot upkeep it. He's only concerned about meta or whatever the hell that is. I find it all to be quite annoying. Well, now with the German accent in the background. I started searching and checked the airing history of the said show of Paul Baskerville from the years 1982 to 1984, together with an 80s music verse colleague, but unfortunately without luck. I wonder if they just decide to expand their search to like 82, like 85, 86. Let's try late 81. With a colleague who is very music is what the 80s angeht, but leider ohne Erfolg. The title wurde ins Internet. The song was published on the internet. You find him immediately, like 2.6 million other users. Still, nobody knows the band name, nor the song title. Gestellt, man findet ihn sofort, wie inzwischen mehr als 2,6 Millionen andere User auch, aber keiner kennt Band oder Titel. The title. Genauso wenig wie die Musik. Neither does the music recognizing software. Shazam! Nothing. The band of oh, that song there is just called The Unknown Band. Well, what if that was their band name? Kennungssoftware Shazam. Nichts. Dort heißt der Urheber nur The Unknown Band. <laughs> the very unknown band. Moderator Paul, ba Moderator Paul Baskerville, who meanwhile became a legend himself and is still on the air, has played tens of thousands of titles. But this one? Even he doesn't know the answer. Please put on your mask. It is very much during COVID. <laughs> this has never happened. I believe it's just about that you can't bear the thought that you can't identify the song. That's my belief of, Paul ba of how Paul Baskerville... Baskerville? Paul, Paul, Paul Skerville... 
his Damn. his actual accent is, even though he's speaking German here. Dass man das gar nicht ertragen kann. Also einfach der Gedanke, dass man ein Lied nicht identifizieren kann. Shazam hat irgendwie ist gescheitert. Shazam failed, and people think of it as a weird situation in those times. Oh, I like how situations capitalize. But can it really be that nobody on this planet knows that a band that hopeful, that even has a song that catchy? I don't know what that sentence was. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> My thoughts here are that this was from a demo tape. This is a demo cassette. And I, or maybe a colleague like Stefan Kiernett, have played a song from it one time. Maybe because the band played a gig in the logo, and then maybe it was thrown into the trash bin. Paul seems so fucking over it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, please, I'm begging you. Uh, this fuckers, I threw last. it out, man. It doesn't. It's not that good. I fucking like, tossed I it, bro. it. I don't know what else to tell you guys. Be obsessed with something else. Go touch grass. I'm begging yeah, you. Yeah, this guy is like, I don't care how many mentally ill people are on Reddit. <laughs> I don't. Why is this my fucking problem? I have a wife and daughter. Well, Leave the them thing. alone. He mentions <laughs> a colleague here. Let's go fucking bug Stefan. Maybe a colleague like Stefan Kerner. <laughs> we tracked down Stefan, who was mysteriously murdered. Oh, sorry. No, he's just, he just declined he our calls. Facebook. <laughs> he also is no longer using Facebook, <laughs> stating it's become an unusable website. Weil die Band im Logo aufgetreten ist. That would explain why. No, sorry, this is the English guy. That would explain why it's not showing up on the playlist because then it then wouldn't really be relevant for the GEMA. That are just my thoughts, really. Song nicht in den Playlisten gefunden hat, weil es dann für die Gamer nicht relevant war. Das ist meine Vermutung letztendlich. Die Archivare sind getreu und Rüdiger. The archive is and not doing his work. Because you have to log everything. I, That's him admitting he slipped. Yeah. Well, what if you... Okay. What if you're in, fairly independent and somebody hands you a demo tape and you say, yeah, whatever, I'll play the demo tape. And then you're, you're supposed like, eh. to log it. Yeah. You're still supposed what? to log it. Okay. Um, and also, like, back then, I'm not entirely sure. I know back then it was either vinyl or tape. Like, they would actually have to, like, Put the tape in and then take it out. So at a certain point, they would have to know what it is because they would also have to ideally announce it. So the way, obviously, radio and broadcasting announcing has changed in like a decade since then. But what they typically go for format wise is that you have three to five breaks per hour. You have it on the 05, on the 15, on the 30 or 35, on the 45 or 47. Then on either the 50 or the 52 or the 57, um, 55 at the end of the hour to wrap up before the legal IDs run. And what you're supposed to do is ideally play, you know, two to three, to maybe four songs. And uh, if there are songs on there that aren't like hits, like they're not the bangers everybody's going to know, you're going to say, oh, these last songs you just heard were film the blank, especially if you're doing a music radio show that's for like unknown or like local artists. That's what you're supposed to do. 
I think you're talking shit about local legend Paul Baskerville here. I just think that Paul Baskerville was slipping. I think he's like... As someone who ran a, ro- a local radio show. Like, what you're slipping. describing here and what you're saying here is like, kind of like, you fucked up so bad the one thing you're supposed to be doing as a host on and radio. And now look at what you've no done. no one will ever let you live it down. Like, this guy and made one And you're annoyed by it. <laughs> You know when you like you like can't fall asleep because <laughs> you're sitting in bed thinking about like a dumb mistake you made years and years ago? <laughs> this is what you're thinking of. He is the example of that exact thing that you are remembering late into the night. I didn't fucking write it down. Fuck. They're going to be on me on the Reddit. I don't have a Facebook and I definitely don't have a Reddit any longer. You're all mentally ill. <laughs> Uh, the archive of Zonkitru and Riedigen Kalin. Fucking fuck it. Continues this okay. Why don't we get a hold of them? They seem to be having a good time. Look at that man. That man. He's like, hey. That man is. That man you know, was 48 this is, at, <laughs> when this song came out. <laughs> he heard it and he too was like, Paul, my guy, I need to know. I can't listen to Look this. Look at what you've done to me. This is music for the young leg. I think this will be used as like a capitalistic technique to make sure that you always do your work properly. Otherwise, you're going to turn into this. We have decided to implement AI in order to prevent any (laughs) weird song mysteries on the Internet. I mean, obviously, like what you're also describing is so people could get fucking paid. Like if we're talking capitalist is like we're paying you to make sure a song is played, play, play it. That's the, you know, underhanded or way that definitely happens. Like, well, we have to track it, too. Yes, and you also have to track plays so that you can report how many times there's plays so people can get paid for it being played on the radio. There's obviously capitalism involved in that. And what we're saying here is that this man said, I don't believe in the capitalism. I am on the, the side of the Soviets for this one song. For this only song. For only this song. I know what it's called. I will not tell you. Uh, anyway, it's also a little bit about honor because normally the NDR archive doesn't forget anything. Nothing. See? See? No. They know he fucked up. We do up. not need to write it down. We <laughs> never forget anything. Did Nothing. this entire like news report turn into roasting Baskerville for not doing his job properly? You have pissed off far too many people. The internet has gotten a hold of what you've done. We will never forget. And maybe Oh, so they do have to archive everything. He fucked up. He fucked up. Okay. To see that they actually have the physical archive like that back in the day, that's wild. This is me nerding. This is this is cool to see, but it's wild. If you had to be that precise and you didn't do it, that's wildin'. That's so crazy, dude. And maybe there will be some light in the dark on this very, really mysterious case. Noch Licht ins Dunkel dieses äußerst mysteriösen Falls. Most mysterious song on the internet plays. Okay, so... I'm still fucking lost. Uh... I just feel like we're going to have to get a hold of Stefan. Find out who the PD and MD it were at the time. It could have been me. It could have been this guy. I don't know. 
It was years ago. I have a I wife wondering... and children now. Now, here's the thing. I wonder... Okay. Being me now. Uh... I wonder if it, it was anybody at that station, if they had their own band, but they were playing like illegally and they slipped it on. And that's why they didn't have it recorded anywhere. That he like, yeah, they were like, uh, oops. It was like, oh man, I don't know what happened. It was a fluke. It was like an extra Depeche Mode song that wasn't supposed to be on, you know, something weird like that. But then you'd have to look in who was working there at the time. What is their ancestry? Were they like Soviet refugees like what what was it like what was their family what what did they do who were their homies like you have to go deep dive into this oh this would be so fun all right we've got lizzie on the case lizzie's about to go on reddit now brian's on the the videographer of the docuseries <sighs> i'm gonna be so annoyed the whole time i'll be like paul vascoville he's not returned our just be like, paul vascoville you're gonna pull him over be like, please my friend has gone too far we're in germany this <laughs> bitch finally got her passport for the <laughs> <sighs> she's getting her passport she's used it for this uh this is only from 2019 so i feel like uh okay there's a message from mr paul gabriel uh, we're gonna watch a little bit more of this. You can probably hear my dog in the background, and he's being annoying. And he just wants to be a part of it. He also no, wants, he to wants to help to solve go the outside. case. He's like, I don't care anymore, Brian. Yeah, Why he, are you he's in gonna there? help solve the case outside. He's gonna make you ponder it. This boy's like, what are the eighties? <laughs> what are the eighties? All right, uh, so we'll just see if there's anything here. Hello, guys. I just got this message by Paul Baskerville. Hi, Gabriel. I'm getting more mails about it from different people. I'm on holiday at the moment. When I get back, maybe I can play the excerpt of the song and see if a listener responds. The listenership averages 50,000, so maybe someone out there will know. I've no idea if it was a German band. There were a lot of bands back in the That's day. That's always like similar. a nice enough like Paul response. Also got Gabriel in touch from the I think there's like 50,000 people who listen to my radio station. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I'm talking about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Not 50,000 people listen to one man. Archivist from the radio station named Bearbell, but unfortunately, that lead did not yield any results. Just got this message from Paul Baskerville. Bearbell wrote back to me, but doesn't know the song. She has hundreds of cassettes of my shows, but she works all day. I can't expect her to spend hours slash days slash weeks looking for the song. When I get back from holiday, I'll have a look in my record collection when I have some time. I have about 10,000 vinyl records the from Discord. the 1980s, so it's a daunting task. Yeah, Why don't you just hire an archivist? Okay. No, I'm sorry. Again, Paul Baskerville doesn't understand the internet. Like, no, homie. We are not asking you to do this. And we're not we're asking, asking... We will do it for yes, you to find the We answer. are literally saying, give one of our mentally ill autistic <laughs> friends here in this Reddit and Discord. They will do it, and it will be done within a week's time. Like, do not I bet. like somebody will take off work like they yes. will use their PTO. Yes, to this do is this. this is like they will do this so autistically and it will get done so well. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry. And he's like, I don't understand. So th I see. But the thing is, he's deflecting it so much and saying, like, this is how long it's going to take. I bet yes. you it was either him or one of his homies at the station you... or one of his homies. Okay. So that first are like. Of all, Lizzie, now you're conspiracy theorizing that Paul Baskerville here is the uh, the the 
hounds of the Baskervilles. That's the that's the story. The hounds of the Baskervilles. Whatever. You're like basically saying like, no, he is the villain you thought he was. Paul Baskerville. You thought he's like now he's like, no, I played my friend's local band. I'll get away with it too. <laughs> yeah. But then he didn't archive because of the climate of like politics back then. But he's probably oh like, I God. don't want to do this. I mean, I don't think nowadays that would be any type of punishable offense unless their friends are back in Russia. Oh my God. You are having the weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we have our top <laughs> autists on this now. <laughs> and on the topic of Paul's record collection, a Discord user named Latrotum found another possible lead looking through an old interview with him in which he discussed the sources of some of his material. Getting music today is quick and easy. Even unknown or very young bands, I can reach quickly via their Facebook pages and they send me links to their music. Not Facebook. When Baskerville did his first show for the NDR in the 80s, it was much more difficult. I've been to indie record stores like Unturned Dunkschnip, Rough Trade, or Zardos three times a week. With Uli Reberg, the owner of Unturned Durschnip, I had a deal and was allowed to borrow records from him. He was just always angry that the hair of my two cats often stuck to the covers, he says in laughs. Mm. This caused a lot of the people involved in these stores to get contacted about the song, and unfortunately none of them seem to know anything either. And that being said, before we go further, I do have to say, please do not harass anybody involved in this story. Anybody that's named in this video, rest assured that they have already... I wouldn't be harassing. I'm a journalist. That's my, that's my job. With the questions you have. It was on my job is harassing people. Lizzie, side note <laughs> for everybody in the chat. Lizzie is not hired, not her job to harass people. She... It's not supposed to be doing that. If you see Lizzie harassing somebody, <laughs> please report her. <laughs> wow. On July 21st, that Paul returned from holiday and played the song to his audience on his new show, Knocked Club. This segment of the radio show was uploaded to YouTube by a user named Richard Kraft. So ich bin in letzter Zeit von Menschen aus verschiedenen Ländern angeschrieben worden. Zum Beispiel aus Brasilien beispielsweise. All right, so I, I know most of you probably don't speak German, but thankfully Richard provided a translation. I have been contacted recently by people from different countries, for example from Brazil and also from America. Because several people are trying to identify a song on YouTube that was posted by a certain Anton in Bremen, and I'm supposed to have played it between 1982 and 1984 on the show Music for Jungelut. Apparently, there are people who think we still have music lists from 1984 here at NDR. And if we had them, we wouldn't even know where to look. See, Lizzie, it's just organizational misplaced, you know? And they should have been digitized. And that means that they haven't been digitized. Digitized in 1984? Lizzie, no, you're supposed Lizzie, to take you all that shit and digitize it. No, 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 no. Yes. Lizzie, yes. Lizzie does not understand 1984. The book... Or the actual year. <laughs> Do I understand 1985 by Bowling for Soup? Yeah. <laughs> for the listener at home, I hung my head in my hands. The only thing I can or could try when I have time. What are they digitizing it on? <laughs> it gets I'm to sorry. the 90s and they digitize it and then they upload oh it to the God. server. Oh my God. Hey, do you mind holding on to this paper? I think there will be a computer at some point. <laughs> 
the fuck you're supposed are you to about? though for like legal records when are you supposed like, just to so you Lizzie? when are you supposed to when you're always supposed to hold on always to when yes when when was that when was that started for radio i feel like it's been for fucking ever mm-hmm. lizzie's radio education starts in 1991 <laughs> and then on if she is harassing someone, it is not her job. Time my uh, my, my, my degree says otherwise. Your degree does not say allowed to harass people, journalist. My media badge does. Nah. Nah. Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie can't read her own credentials. That's the problem. I can't read. I'm sorry, Bryce illiterate. He's projecting. Well, in case of doubt, at least I have a job to do when I retire. We'll hear the song right now, and if any of you know it, it would be wonderful, of course. You would make some people very happy on the net. So here is the most mysterious song on the internet. So nobody knows who this band is, nor what the song is called, and it's named the most mysterious song on the internet, on YouTube, and it would be wonderful if one of you would actually know the song. And the reactions <laughs> to this quest are quite different. I already asked some people if they knew the song. A certain Uli wrote to me, is all of this so important? Does one have to know it? I think it's just a waste of time. I will spend the rest of my short life with more interesting things and people. So there were haters in 1990. There were haters. <laughs> this well, there is played, people... obviously, in 2019. So like, yeah, here's the thing. There were people who haters. were not mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. People in Germany, like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, are we really concerned about this? Fuck off. Fuck off, bro. Let people, like, listen, sometimes this is the overly slipper for yeah. some people. How do you say I want to yuck your yum in German? And a listener <laughs> Google it. Do, do, wrote, do Google Translate right now. I can't imagine that you ever played such a boring song on your show. And there is a very funny reaction on the net from an American. I think American. Now that we know Paul Baskerville is aware of all the commotion, can we agree to stop being a pain in the ass for him and let him have his holiday? Since I have read this reply, it kind of bugs me. Like it's July. The dude wanted to have some time, lay on the beach, unwind, get shit-faced in some fancy bar, whatever he is into, <laughs> and his mail slash socials, etc. suddenly blew up with people looking for some song he'd heard maybe once 38 years ago. Yeah. If it was even the I'm guy sorry, but that's tight as fuck. <laughs> no, that is. I mean, it's that's accurate. That's probably accurate as shit. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Do you think his daughter gets asked by classmates at school? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I hate your dad. Too. I who put it on the air back then. Just let the guy chill. I thought that was really funny. And like I said, I would be happy if really someone... I mean, it would be enough if only one person out there would know this song. The most mysterious song on the internet. And unfortunately, nobody has contacted Paul with the answer to this question. How do you know? You got so many messages. Two more leads that emerged on the Reddit. One of these leads came about on July 24th when a user named Sacone posted about another similar song. I stumbled upon this song today as well as this subreddit and I was wondering if anyone has heard a specific portion of a recent two hour mix done by Boards of Canada. Info and links to it available here. Specifically at 1 hour 22 minutes 43 seconds a song begins that as of yet no one has been able to identify or find information about despite the majority of the mix being able to have the songs identified. I may be imagining it, but if you listen at the time, the vocal style bears significant similarities. Any chance there's a possible link? I'm not a big fan of the idea that somebody said, you know how we've been trying to find this one song? 
I got a second one. <laughs> like, hey, so can we find this other one? Maybe sustain people. Else. Cue the George Bush meme. A second unknown song has hit the internet. <laughs> Brian. Gabriel has uploaded the song in question to his YouTube, and here it is. This is Nirvana. Not the applause. think this might be the same band personally i don't think so i think no, his, he has so two different. more poppy voice it's a different and like voice. a stronger he has a stronger voice and it's not as new wave or uh mm -hmm. gothy new wave anyway the drumming is a lot less involved mm. the vocals <laughs> sound different to me i think it's just a case of two mysterious bands who happen to be playing the same genre of music but i'll put a poll up and see what you think the other possible lead comes from a German organization known as GEMA. Well, I was watching the video from Wang, and I read in the comments that someone said that in Germany, there is a collective society and performance right organization named GEMA that requires every song played in all German See? radio stations to be reported. You are not allowed Everyone to find has out to have later. these things. Everyone has to have these fucking things in order. You are not allowed to find out later. And then say, see, I was right. <laughs> see, I'm telling you. I asked I'm you when it started and you said, you. I don't know. You, don't, you didn't know about GEMA or what it was. But that's when... the thing is that, like, there has to be some type of organization from, like, country to country that says, like, we require documentation of what you're playing on air. I mean, I know we have the FCC here and not everybody has an FCC and everybody has a different cultural setup. But you still need to know what's being played on air because there are still different like provisions that have to align with whatever that government is because they do need to monitor it. So since the organization was founded in 1933, it's possible they can bring us some information about the song. I sent them an email. Hopefully they will respond and help us. Yeah, it's gonna get caught up Judging in bureaucracy. Judging from the response by German Redditors, though, I don't think we should be holding our breath on that lead. It seems that GEMA very much has the same reputation that the RAAA has in America. But that being said, they could have the answer and they do have a searchable database, although without knowing the name of the song or artist, it's really gonna be hard to use that. As of now, nobody's had any luck with the Put some autistic people on it. <laughs> they'll find it. They'll find it. About the story, if we find it, I will let you know. Until then, you will probably also enjoy my video about plastic love. Bye-bye. I'm not going to watch that video. Uh, that it. was Wang. Thank you, Wang, for uh, for the updates and all that. I uh, I find this very interesting and very cool. And I don't yes. understand what to do with any of it because <laughs> it sounds like Docu we're still series. on series. I don't know, man. If Germany already did it and Paul Baskerville's like, leave me alone, please. I want to get right, shit Right, but there's other people the that you can, you know, talk to. You got to be creative. 
All right. Well, if anybody wants to catch Lizzie in the Reddit, if she is harassing anybody, I'm not going to go to the Reddit. I'm going to be See? an actual Lizzie journalist. doesn't actually care about that is where the journalism is happening, man. That's where the people are talking. The chat's happening. The active chatting. In, I'm on here right now on Gemma looking to say careers. What if I just. I'm infiltrating it. Oh, no, it's all in German. Yes, Lizzie. Well, it's a good thing. Uh, you just say, very my German last name's last Baumgartner. Name. Yeah. There you go. Like, I'm not that far removed. Uh, I am we Elizabeth Baumgartner. Please hire me for the job at the radio. I am not looking for uh, records of any kind. <laughs> I could do, I can be a copywriter. I could do a music work student. I could go back to school. All right, so Lizzie's going to look at link look at LinkedIn, but I think the story is really cool, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll keep an eye on it and do some updates later on if we ever find any. So, uh, hope you enjoyed this very random Aionic. music deep dive rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, I don't know, pretty cool, pretty pretty cool, guys. Pretty sick. Pretty weird. What do you guys think? Who who was that playing that music? And what do we think really happened with it in the end game of it? Let us know in our comments over on our Instagram at Emo Social Club or even stitch this on TikTok at X Emo Social Club X or just tweet at us what your theories are about this entire scenario with this mysterious song. Until then, I've been Lizzie for Emo Social Club. We are back on Thursday with another live stream, so make sure you don't miss us either and join our Discord. And also, of course, subscribe and follow us over on EmoSocialClub.tv and whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on as well. I've been Lizzie, and Brian is somewhere, I don't know, probably getting his dog ready for bed. He's putting a little nightcap on him. Okay, bye. Yes, of course, I remember our social handles. I'm just a very sleepy person. Anyway, who remembers when Fall Out Boy played G-I-N-A-S-F-S for the first time ever?